Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hello. This is Cop on Podcast. My name's Owen. I'm joined by Ryan and Douglas from the Dugout YouTube channel. We are on YouTube live. It's going to go out as the usual audio podcast for the people in the chat in YouTube. Hello. Welcome. Stick with us. Get your questions in. This is the big one. We're previewing Manchester City versus Liverpool on Sunday. I can't freaking wait. I'm sure you're the same. And I'm going to start uh, with the first stanza of the Charge of the Light Brigade by Alfred Lord Tennyson. And it goes like this. Half a league, half a league, half a league onward, all in the valley of death rode the 600. Forward the light brigade, charge for the guns, he said. Into the valley of death rode the 600. Um, Ryan, was that dramatic enough, an intro for this dramatic of all dramatic games? I got chills. <laughs> uh, it is, but it, it's... It gives me an impending sense of doom that I don't want to be carrying into Sunday. <laughs> okay. Unless we're the guns. <laughs> How are you feeling about it on a sort of, you know, scale of one to one to twelve, with twelve being the most optimistic? Uh eight. I think we've got a, a really good chance of when we've got the momentum behind us. I think it, there's so much cause to be excited, but that City team is phenomenal, and I think in all of the the excitement that we have about our own players, we we sometimes forget about this, and sometimes we get bogged down in all the tribalism of football, and we don't like admitting that another team's good, but they're good, they're better than good, they're really good, and um, we're going to have to be better than really good if we want to beat them. Yeah, I mean that is true. That is very true, um, Doug. I mean. I was doing lots of research on some stats. And for example, Manchester City have lost just one of their last 12 Premier League home games against Liverpool. They've won seven. They've drawn four. And and, and the only time they lost was that 4-1 game in Jurgen Klopp's first visit to the Etihad. Remember when Bobby Firmino and Coutinho were on fire in November 2015. So yes, history in that sense is very much against us but regardless of this Ryan's still posting an eight on the optimi- optimism scale of 12 um how is how where are you on that that scale and why well I'm a bit of an eight as well to be honest uh also thank you very much for having me it has been an absolute age since I was on cop on uh and obviously speaking to Owen and, and Ryan as well. Yeah, um, I have to admit that the City side is still a phenomenal, phenomenal team. They've got match winners all around their, their pitch as well. Uh, Phil Foden, Kevin De Bruyne, you know, they're, they're two big, big game players. But I feel we've got a very, very good chance this weekend. Um, just because we've got more firepower than they do, in my honest opinion. They don't really have a recognised striker. We don't really either. But I just think the signing of Luis Diaz might be the difference maker on Sunday. Yeah, that's very interesting. I mean, back in the uh, the the last game between the clubs, um, it was 2-2. And uh, for those watching, I can put the uh, 
I could put the line up on 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 the screen in a moment, but uh, we had uh, Milner, I believe, playing at right back uh, in that game. I'll put it right here on the on on the screen for you, um, so you can see. We had Allison in goal, James Milner at right back, Matip and Van Dyke in the centre, and Andy Robertson on the left. Henderson, Fabinho, and Jones in the centre of midfield, and Salah, Jota, and Mane. Up front, so I mean the front three. I mean of of uh, Salah, Jota, Mane, very dangerous. We got two goals. We conceded two goals. But this kind of thing makes me more optimistic because because on that day, City were you know they had a very very strong team. It might be you know pretty much the same team um, that lines up uh, on Sunday, but. They played, for example, Diaz, and I, and, and I do believe I, I checked a couple of sites that he will still be out of this game on Sunday. So hopefully, well, I say hopefully, I don't hope that anyone's injured, but it is it is a good omen for us. We can't deny that if he is out, although I, I hope, you know, let's be magnanimous. I hope he does play. Let's be sportsmen, sports people about this. And I hope he does play, you know, because uh, it's good to play, test yourself against the best and all that. So City will be without Ruben Diaz from, from their back four, or, which was in back in October, Cancelo, Laporte, Diaz and Walker. Um, in midfield that day, they played Rodri, Kevin De Bruyne and Bernardo Silva. And up front, they had Foden, Grealish, and Jesus. So from that lineup, they are likely to, um, for example, maybe, uh, well, Diaz is out and, and they'll bring Gundogan in maybe for Gabriel Jesus, who's a bit off form and, you know, probably make those kinds of changes. But you could argue that's a little bit weaker, whereas we will be a little bit stronger with the Diaz factor. And of course, the most amazing guy who I want to have a chat about, um, Trent Alexander-Arnold who has found um, even an, a new level for him, I think, Ryan. Um, what do you think about Trent? I mean, do, can, can you see that kind of him coming back into the team, making a huge difference like like I can? I can, yeah. I'm really excited about Trent coming back in. I thought his performance against Benfica the other day was brilliant. Some of the balls he was playing, from the areas he was playing, them were unreal. Um, and it just makes us that bit more threatening from everywhere. Um, so I'm quite excited about that. Um, I think them not having Diaz at the back is going to be telling. Um, I don't pick on John Stones in the way that other people do. I think he's better than a lot of people give him credit for being, but I think Diaz is the better player. And if Trent can pick some of the holes in there, and people will talk about the, the defensive side of Trent's game all day, but um, I, I've long moved past the notion that he can't defend. I think his defending's brilliant. Um I think Milner got roasted everywhere um by Foden in that game and and was relatively lucky to stay on the field. And I think that I think Trent's got that more got that uh, extra recovery pace which will help us. Um so we should be a little bit stronger and hopefully they'll be a little bit weaker and given our current form respective current forms, I think I think there's a lot of reasons to be confident. The more you talk, the more confidence I get. I'm measured up to a nine now. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a nine point five. I mean, anything can happen uh, because it's football, and that's why we watch it. But uh, no, it's uh, I'm 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 
secretly pretty well not secretly anymore i'm very confident about this there are some interesting more interesting stats here um the one i wanted to 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 look at is 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 this one from from google actually from the google preview and it says this is the 50th ever premier league match between the top two sides in the division with the league leaders winning 20 and losing 18 with 11 draws but it's the third such match between Manchester City and Liverpool. And uh, yeah, I think City, City have, have edged it, basically. They've edged it. They, they, we, we had a goalless draw in 2018, and then they beat us when we were champions 4-0. Do you remember back in, in that July? <laughs> we were all still drunk. Project restarts. Yes, exactly. Well, exactly. We were still drunk. The players were still, I don't know, on whatever they take. I don't know. Ribena, double Ribena's all around um but uh, yeah doug this this i think we owe them one because we have this awful record um you know we've lost seven drawn four and won only one of the last 12 premier league games there and I, that's something that actually makes me optimistic because i'm because i'm you know I, I think we owe them one i think the laws of averages mean that we're going to turn them over one day why not why not on sunday what do you reckon doug yeah, I think I think you've you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, obviously we we did turn them over in the Champions League, um, famously as well. Uh, Salah Firmino got the goals that day. So, but yeah, I think I think the thing is for me, we haven't really seen Manchester City under pressure yet, and I think were we to go there and win, it would put a major major bookmark down uh to say that uh you know liverpool this liverpool team is is very very dangerous and you know what manchester city aside i look at the team that they had earlier in the season gabriel he's just as more of a winger anyway so i think i don't think he'll start i think you'll probably see probably mares probably start so you obviously you've got two of the best algerian uh best the two best african winners probably in riyad mares and Mohamed salah uh, for sure, I'm Absolutely. I'm excited. I think I think the fact that we've got Trent on the right hand side now, um, obviously you'll see his wet balls in. You know you'll you'll definitely see that as well. I think we're better defensively as well. Uh, you know Matip, Matip has been fantastic this season, and obviously you've got Ibu Kanate, who I know he made a mistake the other night, but. You actually look at his goal as well. It's so so nice to see his um, get on the score sheet. I think we've had now twenty goal score different goal scorers this season, which is absolutely amazing. I think only out of the um, the actual main first team, I think Joe Gomez is the only player not to score. So we're we're getting ever so closer to the 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 whole the whole team getting at least one goal uh, this season. But yeah, I'm I'm very very excited. And yes, I do think we owe them one. I do think we owe them one. And I think the thing is with this City team, yes, they've been getting results, but they've had to rely on a little bit of luck getting there um, as well. Whereas whereas we we seem to be beating teams like 2-0. Um, obviously, we had a 6-0 against Leeds uh, one, one week there as well. Both of these sides have been absolutely relentless. Manchester City, I think, have taken 365 points uh, since 2019. We've taken 364. Pep and Klopp are <laughs> relentless as each other. So yeah. this is going to be an absolutely mouth-watering game, and I cannot wait for it. There's so much to, to talk about. There's so much we could do. There's so much to get excited about. Yeah, great answer, Doug. Um, 
uh, Ryan, the 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 form of the teams. I mean, both of them are just you know crazy. I mean, City had a bit of a blip, which means like two draws, um, and you know they're they're you know. Liverpool have won 16 of the last 17 games in all competitions. Um, there are a couple of standout, I mean, there are many standout players from a run like run like that, but there are a couple that I would like to talk about. Um, you know, one I've mentioned already is Trent, but another one is Allison. Uh, because if you look at the XG table, uh, Ryan, um, Liverpool should have, according to XG, conceded 27 goals in the Premier League. We've only conceded 20. Um, we give away a lot more chances than other teams. For example, uh, Manchester City's XG is is basically 20. So 27 compared to, to 20. Um, and a big reason for that is just the big beauty at the back, Alison Becker. Um, I think... I'd like him to sort of be my brother. I'd like him to be my uncle. Um, I'd like him to be my son. Uh, I just absolutely love the guy, Alison Becker. But how important will he be? Like if he has a very rare, like I don't know if he's ever had an off game for us, but if he, if he's if he's on fire, I think he can be he can be the the difference, Ryan. The difference. I think. So, okay, so the way I'd, I'd put this, you, you often hear people talk about strikers and like, oh, on such and such a day, he's unplayable. And I think Alisson has that in him, where on certain days, he is unplayable. His, his shot-stopping is second to none. Uh, his command of his area is fantastic. It's not just the area that he commands either, like because the high line that we play, he basically commands the entire half uh, at times uh, and, and can just push everyone into their half and then spray balls about if and when needed. Um, and he, he's got this thing, this aura, and, and Peter Schmeichel had it in, in spades back in the day where strikers going for goal know they have to put it right in the corner. Um, and that's harder to do than just getting it on target. And, and a lot of shots will go wide because of it. So the, some of the shots that we will face will just be put over the bar uh, because Alisson's in goal. Uh, you see it a lot. Uh, with um, I think last time we played Brighton where they're just taking pot shots in hope just hope uh, because if, you, if you're if up against Van Dijk he's going to take it off you and then behind him you've got the best goalie in the world and, and his distribution as well is unreal so you're almost scared to have a shot in case he picks it up and gets us straight on the attack straight away um, I think I'm, I'm hopeful that he, he has a quiet game on Sunday, but even if he doesn't, I've got every faith that he can be just as much of a match winner as any other player in the team. And, and that's not something I've said about Liverpool goalkeepers over the years. It's, I mean, he's clearly the best that, I mean, that, that, I've, that I've ever seen. I mean, I, I started supporting Liverpool in around about 88 with Grobola that I remember when I was a kid watching him and he always looked a little bit dodgy, brilliant brilliant but always a little bit erratic and a little bit of a a loose cannon and i absolutely loved him i loved having such a such a wonderful character in goal but um but you know pepe reina was the last time before alison becker you know pepe's prime well i was just 100 percent confident that our goalkeeper can just do what he was supposed to do at so, the right time and make the right decisions i always thought reina was world class um and it took 
Allison coming to the club to make me realise that I was wrong. Like there's oh, a level yeah, just below world class. I don't uh, know. That's where Reina was. So uh-huh. Reina is okay. essentially where I put Hugo Lloris, uh and in, in the, the hierarchy of, of world goalkeepers, uh, in that he's incredibly good. But Allison, Manuel Neuer, Cassias back in the day, just a little bit better all round. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. It does all depend on your definition of world-class. Um, I would say that Lloris in his prime was world-class as well. Rayner was world-class in his prime, but Alison Becker is beyond the stratosphere. He's intergalactic. So there we go. Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, Douglas, uh, one thing we've got to talk about is um, I've been trying to get hashtag PGMOL out trending on Twitter. <laughs> um, no, but seriously, and I do encourage everybody to use hashtag PGMOL out whenever you're complaining about the referees, which is a lot of fans and for very good reason, because they are shit. Um, but it's not just their level of decision-making on the pitch. It's also the fact that yet again, um, we're going to have a Manchester a, a referee from Manchester from Withenshaw as the, as the main ref, and the dreaded Paul Tierney um, in the VAR book. So this is the Paul Tierney who didn't send the referee to the monitor even to have a look at Harry Kane's red ta- red card tackle and decided that wasn't a red card. Who um, didn't send the referee to the monitor um, when Jota had that clear penalty. Those are just two examples, the first two examples that came to my mind. Um, There is a stat going around that Liverpool have only managed to get 1.8 something points against uh, the opposition when when Paul Tierney has been the referee compared to 2.6 points when he hasn't been the referee or something like that. Um, I think he's he's he's. I think that I think it's just it's incompetent. It's more than incompetence. It's it it's it should be like just not allowed to have referees for Manchester at the city of Manchester Stadium refereeing a Manchester City game in a title decider. I mean, it's it's, it's idiocy, isn't it, Doug? How do you feel about it? Uh, well, I, I suppose the only answer to that is we did have Anthony Tiller when uh, me went to Old Trafford earlier this season and. Um, and smash them 5-0. Um, so if that is a good omen, uh, then I then we go and beat Manchester City 5-0. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm only joking, I'm only joking, <laughs> of course. But um, I, I, I don't know where they get the ideas of putting <sighs> Annie Taylor in this big, big game. Look, well, there was a Michael Oliver that had the, the game earlier in the season. I, I, can't, I can't even remember. But... It was actually Paul Tierney who was the ref. Was it was actually Paul Tierney. Yeah, yeah. So Paul, Paul Tierney, well, Paul Tierney for, uh, didn't send off James Moner, which is a bit of a uh, shock in itself. But um, look, I think we don't need to. We don't need to worry about the referee, in my opinion. I think we 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 just focus on our game. Um, Obviously, Anthony Taylor does like a red card, so we have to be careful in that aspect. He does like a red card where whenever it is a is a big game uh, as well. And obviously, you know, Paul Popper got sent off uh, the last time uh, that we, we played uh, Man United. So hopefully, uh, hopefully someone big gets sent off in this game. But no, look, I think 
we focus on our game. Don't focus on the referee. Don't give them. Don't give the referee a, a, an opportunity to do anything like stupid or like that. Um, but yeah, I was a bit. I was a bit despondent when I saw that. Um, I just can't. I just can't. I just cannot believe we've got a Greater Manchester referee again. Um, it's just ridiculous that. It is ridiculous. Gary, Gary's in the chat. Hi, Gary. Gary Richards. He says the refs in this league are utter shite. And I don't want to spend too long talking about them because we just there's no, there's no real conversation apart from yes, they are. They absolutely are. It's it's, it's a very you know concise summary. Do you, do you have anything um, to say about referees, Ryan, uh, or particularly these ones, or in general the PGMOL? So I'm going <clears> to <throat> take a, a moment to disagree with both of you. Oh, good. Um, Go to an extent. Not necessarily dog, but whoever it was that talked about the referees in this country being shite. Whether they are or not, it's kind of irrelevant because they're the referees that we've got. And the referees that we've got are the same referees that City have got. Um, we need to change the conversations that we're having about refereeing and referees in general and just use rugby as a model and have a bit more respect for the job that they do. It's not an easy job. Um, it, no one grows up wanting to be the next Mike Dean. <laughs> and no one respects you. Everyone calls you all the insults in the world all day, every day for your entire career. And it, it's not easy. I, I'm not saying that, you know, we should be picking referees from Greater Manchester for, for Manchester-based games, but I know a lot of the referees in, in the PGMOL are from Manchester or the Greater Manchester area, and it's just going to happen every once in a while. I don't think that these, you know, whoever's getting picked, it, it, there's some anti-Liverpool agenda there. I think they're just picking refs. Um, and and yes, you know, Anthony Taylor got picked for the United game. I can't even remember. Paul Tini got picked for this one. So we'll get on with it. We'll, it. I don't see it being the reason that we win or lose. And if it is the reason that we win or lose, you can come back and have a go at me for it. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to change the subject, but we'll leave it with Dave's Dave's comment. Dave from Dave's LFC Chats is also here. He says, yeah. uh, a thumbs up to Gary, and he says, fuck the refs, win the game. Uh, and that's beautiful stuff. Oh, sorry. Um, a way that we can win the game um, is uh, tactically. Doug, um, because uh, I want to talk about t Man City's tactics, especially um, because, for example, I don't know if you saw this amazing diagram that was posted by James from um, Statsbomb today on Twitter. And it was from the Manchester City Atletico Madrid game. And, you know, you would you would imagine Atletico Madrid um, set up. I didn't see it, uh, um, obviously, because we were watching Liverpool and um you would imagine Atletico Madrid set up with two banks of five. But if I share this image as well, so you can see it, you will see that in from Manchester City, Atletico Madrid the other night, um, it was actually Man City who set up with two banks of five in the Atletico half. Mm. But they were, very two, they were two very, very clear uh, banks of five. And they had uh, Nathan Ake at left back, uh, Laporte, Rodri, John Stones and... Cancelo a little bit further forward, but basically they were a line of five. And then their attacking players formed a very flat, very distinct line of five. Uh, Sterling, Bernardo Silva, Gundogan, uh, 
Kevin De Bruyne and Mares. And I imagine this is how Pep's going to approach the Liverpool game as well. Try and camp as much as possible in Liverpool's half with this with these two banks of five in our half. And it's very, very difficult to, to find a way through. Kyle Walker will be back. Um, so Ake will drop to the bench. So, of course, you've got Kyle Walker's recovery pace for any balls over the top. Um, what's a way for you to get out, to get around this? Because it's very compact. It's very, very difficult to play around. And, for example, Atletico Madrid ended the night with zero shots of any kind. <laughs> Well, it was, it was a. I didn't see this game from from what I can gather. Is that apparently City only had two shots at goal, and it doesn't really surprise me because Atletico Madrid play the most Burnley style football I think I've ever seen, uh, ever. So, um, attacking them with pace. I've said I've said it for a while. Well, you you saw them against Tottenham. They were done by pace. Um, you know, I think you had Son in behind. You had uh, Harry Kane. You had Kulusevski. I think you have you have a Mane. I think if you have a Diaz, I think you have a, if you have a Salah, even a Bobby, even a Jota. I think they are got to be at pace. I don't think their defenders are the best defensively. I don't think the defenders are the best. If we play, if we oh, if we play, if we play like we have been recently. I think you can get out of this team, the City team, with pace. I really, really do. And I think if we did that, look, we're the, one of the main, main differences in this team for me, Thiago. We haven't seen Thiago play against Manchester City yet, and that is the reason I think we're going to win this game is because of him. Very interesting, Ryan. You you fist pumped when you heard the name oh, Thiago. I more. I'm so excited, like. When you showed me that graphic, and I don't know if you want to bring that back up for us, just one sec. I can um, certainly, and because for the audio listeners, it's just the graphic of the of the two banks of five. I'll, I'll explain this as a as a go. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the two banks of five, they're the very compact and very narrow. There aren't a lot of spaces between the players, but the biggest spaces between the players out of all of these are between checks notes De Bruyne and Mares, between. Uh, Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva, and between Nathan Ake and Aymeric Laporte. Now, from our perspective, that's Van Dijk on the ball, who is really good at playing 70-yard passes. That's Trent Alexander-Arnold, who is phenomenal at playing 70-yard passes. That's Mohamed Salah having a gap between fullback and centre-back. Given that gap, he will take advantage. If they play like that against us, we will destroy them. Like the more I, I, the more you information you give me, Owen, the more confident I get. I'm up to a ten now. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> ten. Uh, like I'm so excited. Like and and like like you said, Doug, like Thiago and picking up those little pockets of space because even when he's got what what you think is no time at all on the ball, he manages to manages to give himself all the time in the world on the ball uh, and can play unreal passes. Can take four players and sit them all down with one shrug of the shoulders, like. That that model of having everyone camped in our half is exactly how you get battered by Liverpool. So maybe they'll they'll, they'll uh, you know they'll set up like Atletico then Ryan you know the sensible thing. What would you do if you were Pep? Uh, I'd I'd play without a DM and 
If I was <laughs> like, Pep, I'd, yeah. I'd deliberately shank it. I'd be, I'd be putting like Mares in goal, <laughs> just <laughs> to see what I could do to give Liverpool a win. But like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if there is a, a way to to beat Liverpool. I, I think not, not a, a specific surefire way. I don't think there is one way that, that beats Liverpool. I think you have to be very brave. I think City will be. I think you have to attack as I think City will attack, but you also have to be willing to suffer defensively. And I think they're willing to do that too. Whether they're good at it, I don't know. They're, they're not Chelsea in, in they're not too close Chelsea in that they're comfortable just sitting in their own half and and parking the bus and all that good stuff. They they associate with the Chelsea side, so there will be opportunities for us on the break, regardless of what tactics City employ because they're so offensive. Um, I think we've got the the ability with the players there as well to to go and beat them, uh, and I'm really excited about it now. Just want it to be Sunday for like oh. Christmas. It is. It's so good. It's, so it's never good. been but, this good. But the way, I mean, the way, the thing that will always work, you said about attacking with pace, Doug, and it's really good ideas. And, and, and Ryan, you were talking about exploiting. We got the passers to, to exploit um, the space. I mean, my, my tuppence on the tactical battle is something that's about, uh, it's about Diaz. And it's about that he's a sort of, you know, he's a, he's a 10 out of 10 dribbler. And you can't, if you're a tactician and you can't, it's very, very difficult to plan uh, someone um, dribbling around a player or getting past a player, either on the inside or on the outside, you know, like it's very, very difficult to stop that unless you double up or treble up on, on that player. Imagine doubling or trebling up on Diaz, then what you're going to leave Mane in the middle. You're going to, you're going to leave Bobby in the middle. You're going to, you're going to leave Mo Salah. On the other side, it's you. Obviously, you can't do that. So, Diaz at some point is gonna be one on one. He's gonna be one on one with Kyle Walker at some point. Kyle Walker is a fabulous defender in terms of his defensive skills. Perhaps a little underrated by non-city fans as being a brilliant defender because he really is. He truly is. But. I think Diaz. I mean, he could uh, he could dribble around anything. I mean, he could dribble around, uh, you know, some kind of uh, boss monster at the end of uh, you know a particularly difficult computer game uh, with uh, you know all the limbs. He would he would just dribble around. That's how that's how he played uh, these games, Doug. When he was a kid, he he didn't used to fight the end bosses. He used to just run around them until they got exhausted and collapsed. Um, <laughs> Uh, but Doug, I want to go back to Trent. I want to go back to Trent because I think he's absolutely key for this game. And just one point that I heard on the excellent Anfield Index podcast the other day, um, a guy called Dave on there. Um, I don't know his surname. I'm apo- I apologize for that. But he, he made a very interesting point. He said we could be witnessing, despite everything that Steven Gerrard did as, um, as a, an academy product, we might be witnessing in Trent Alexander-Arnold, Liverpool's best player ever um, before our very eyes. And I think it's a very interesting topic. Um, what do you think? Do you think we, we could be, that could be very well be the case? It could very, <clears throat> could very well be. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think Trent is, I don't think Trent is the kind of player that will say he'll leave Liverpool. I think he's one that's probably going to end his career at Liverpool, in all honesty. Um, yeah, he, he is getting towards sort of Gerard numbers and obviously assists and 
you know, I think I think it's I think it's quite remarkable that we've actually got like the highest assister, the highest goal scorer, and obviously I think Allison's now got more um, assists than uh, more clean sheets than Ederson as well. So this Liverpool team is absolutely uh, phenomenal. Just just on the just on the point of Diaz, he's one for the spectacular. He he can go past defenders and then shoot. I think I think you might see him try a bit of a spectacular shot because. If I'm being honest, Ederson, he's not a very good shot stopper. I don't know if I don't know if anyone's noticed this. I don't think Ederson is that good a shot stopper. His positioning is not the best either. So I do think if if we do catch one of them off guard, I do think it could be Diaz with the with the spectacular. But Trent, we absolutely love Trent. Rival fans absolutely like comparing him to or East James or Aaron one the shit as I like to call him because he is shit. Um, it has 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 to be. I prefer one for rubbish, but okay. One yeah, okay. rubbish, yeah. But um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Trent Trent is Low just a very very special points. player, and I have to say as well the the assist the other night for Diaz only Trent Alexander Arnold can do that pass. Oh. Bad. Did you see? Because I saw a replay of that pass he played for Salah to put Salah one on one. He was falling backwards, uh, having just turned around, falling backwards um, on the touchline, and and the pass, the the grace and the elegance and the timing in which he struck he struck the ball. It was it, it was grace, elegance, and timing of 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 an Olympic figure skater. It was it was glorious and beautiful to watch, and it was sort of you know transcendent, a transcendent pass. And yes, the one for Diaz as well. So he did two, and I think he did one more. He did I think he did three in the same game, that were mm. just mind blowing. Um, but yeah, um, I'm trying to find some some uh, some save statistics uh, from from Edison for you but I'll, I'll keep looking at that um and uh yeah Ryan I mean I've got a question for you Ryan about the front three okay so Klopp's been playing um Manny in the middle uh he's been playing Salah and and Diaz on the wings or the inside as inside forwards so I think there's an argument for Bobby Firmino though I thought Bobby Firmino came on the other night and he was absolutely brilliant. Um, he touched the ball 32 times and he only gave it away twice. And the way that he knitted the play together and defensively as well, very good. In the last match, he got five tackles, which was the most in the team. And I think I think we need Bobby. I think we need Bobby the stitcher to stitch it all together to make us a beautiful Technicolor dream coat on Sunday. Or would you go with the power, the danger? What would you do up front, Ryan? And I'm going to look for these Edison saves. I fully agree that we need Bobby Firmino in this game. I think Jürgen likes him in the big games. Uh, against the, the better football and sides, I think he, he acknowledges that you need someone to, to do the float and trying to block off passing lanes between the centre-backs and the defensive mid, uh, or, or generally just the midfield. Um, now, before I came onto this podcast, I, I had in my head, I was going to be like, yep, I want the OG from three, I want Mane on the left, I want Salah on the right, I want Bobby up the middle. But then I heard you talking about Diaz, and the, the little moments of magic he's capable of, the the the, the spectacular he can provide. Uh, someone was saying he's going to have Walker on a lead all game, and I, I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah, and that I think, was Gary in the chat. Hi, Gary. I think 
I think I'd like to see Diaz on the left. I'd like to see Bobby in the middle. And I know there there are some questions over his form, and that's only because of the standards he sets. But there's but Salah, I'd like to have Salah on the right. Um, and and I'm sure Mane and, and Jota won't be happy to to be left out. But you know, channel that music, come off the bench and bag a goal each, and, and we'll be all laughing. Um, but Bobby, for me, um, you need him in that in that false nine role knitting things up. I think particularly if you're going to do a lot more on the break than you used to, I think he's really good for that. Um, his passing is unreal um, and his technique, his, his ability to retain possession, uh, particularly against the side like City where you, you need to make the most of every time you get hold of the ball, you need to keep it as best you can because they're really good at taking it off you again, particularly in your own half. Um, if you're going to play on the break, Bobby Firmino is the man for me. Interesting stuff. Interesting. So, um, and actually staying with you, Ryan, because you mentioned yeah. Salah's form. He looked like he was wearing Wellington boots the other day in the in the game. I mean, his movement was as brilliant as ever, um, you know, but he just kept either kicking it too hard or kicking it in the wrong direction. He he just, he, he couldn't control anything. I mean, are you worried about that? His general form since the AFCON, you could argue? So I think form's temporary. Um, and he, he, you know, he'll he'll go back to being the the most seller we all know and love sooner rather than later, and hopefully, you know, starting on Sunday, I think he's got a lot on his mind. He plays like a man who's got the weight of the world on his shoulders between his contract situation being so public, between um, the whole Afcon thing uh, with, with Mane, the the final, and how that pans out, and then again, you know, going away on international duty, having two legs against that same team, and coming off the wrong side of it. Between you know, coming seventh in the Ballon d'Or, we know he's he's, he's interested in, in being crown Ballon d'Or winner. Um, with all of the, the hype going, is he the best in the world? No, it's Benzema. No, it's Lewandowski. No, it's Salah. The whole argument. I think it, it's all a lot. And particularly as well, and, and I'm not sure enough gets made of this, but he's not playing in a settled front three. You know, when Salah's at his best, it's been, you know, he, he spent three or four years playing every single game, every single week with, with Firmino and with Mane. And now he's trying to incorporate Jota and doing really well with that. And But also trying to now since January incorporate Diaz and it's new relationships that he's got to learn, you know, when to make that run so he can get that pass, when to, when to play that ball so he can, you know, if, if Diaz is one mile an hour faster at top speed than, than, than Mane, you know, how do you, to, to, how do you calculate that pass? And, with all of that on his shoulders, I think he has just had a little bit of a dip in form. And I think he needs one really good game or one really, really good goal. And he'll just click back into being his regular amazing self. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I can see that. I can see that happening. Um, but Doug, I'm a little bit worried about Salah because just for me, he just looks, he looks a bit fatigued. And I wonder if mm. he could do with. I mean, we, I said this a couple of years ago with Bobby. Now Bobby's sort of back to his best, and he's had he's had a lot more rest this season. Um, and I think, I think maybe maybe it's time. Maybe not on Sunday, but in general, to give give Mo Salah a bit more. You know, just send him to to Butlins for a weekend down the lazy river with the, you know, one of those rubber rings. Uh, you know, just to chill out. Uh, what do you, what do you reckon, Doug? Butlins, my goodness. Um, I, where do I you go the... to relax? <laughs> I have to say, I, I, I do think 
I, I do think that um, Salah does need a rest. And I think he might be rested against Benfica on Wednesday. I think he will. I think he might be rested against Benfica and then get ready for obviously the Manchester double header that we have coming up as well. Obviously, an FA Cup and then you know United at at Anfield. But the thing is, <clears throat> the thing is, thing is for me, Salah is a player that can just do something magical in these kind of games. He is a big game player. We've seen it all already this season. You know, he, he loves to go against Arsenal. Scored against Chelsea, scored against Manchester United, got a hat-trick against Manchester United uh, as well. He is a big game player. And I do think he is going to be so, so key uh, at the weekend that, yes, he might be a bit fatigued. Yes, he might be a bit tired. But on his day, he can still produce magical moments. And I do think we might see something magical from him on Sunday. Yeah, it's a great point. It's absolutely great point. He is a massively big, big game player. Um, Aid is in the chat. Hi, Aid. Uh, he says he would go with Bobby, Sadio, and Mo. Um, Gary's saying he would definitely play Bobby Dazzler. Who would you go for up front, uh, uh, Doug? Uh, I would. I would go for the OG uh, Salah, Bobby, and Manny. Ooh, originals. Okay, so you'd leave Diaz on the bench. Forget about his dribbling and his form and his pressing. And yeah, all right, okay. So you yeah. you, you you got no uh, no qualms about about Sadio's form or tiredness. I mean, he's played a lot of games this year. He has, but I think just having that OG uh, front three, I think would be good. Excellent stuff. Excellent stuff. So going, going back to that save percentage, I've got uh, from FB Ref here, I can show you for the people watching and uh, I can uh, just explain it to the people listening on the audio version. Um, save percentage in the Premier League this season. Uh, Wolves are actually top. So um, what's his name? Jose Saar, is that his name? Jose Saar, yeah. Yeah, uh, he's top of the of the list with 82.8% save percent, which is crazy good. Uh, next on the list is uh, Edouard Mendy, the fabulous Edouard Mendy with 79.1%. Uh, Alisson is third on 75.9%. And Edison's actually fourth on the list with 74.6%. Um, a quick laugh because I had a look uh, earlier. Pickers. Pickford is down near the bottom of the list, uh, 18th, 63.8% because he's at a tripe. I mean, he's useless. He's absolute tool of a man. And he's only got a lot of arms. And he's only got little arms. I mean, it's not his fault, bless him, the little armed weirdo. Uh, But uh, no, okay. But anyway, back to the positives. Back to the positives. Liverpool third on the list ahead of Edison, but Edison is actually a good shot, shot stopper, although he doesn't actually... If you look at the actual shots on target, he's only he's only faced sixty seven, and he's saved forty eight of them uh, all season. Um, whereas Allison has, has faced eighty three and saved sixty two. Crazy dogs. And uh, Jose Sarr, the the best in the league, one hundred and twenty two shots faced and and an incredible 102 saved so uh yeah respect for him okay don't tell manchester united because they might actually get a good keeper for once uh but anyway yeah so manchester city uh going back i mean liverpool have won their last 10 matches in the premier league that's a beautiful uh neat and tidy and glorious stats we've won our last 10 matches in the Premier League and Liverpool have been winning at both half time and full time in eight of their last 
10 Premier League matches. Liverpool have kept a clean sheet in their last five matches. Uh, whereas if we talk about um, Man City, they have also won eight, well, sorry, they've won eight of their last nine home matches uh, and they've kept a clean sheet in five of their last seven. Um, both teams have scored at least two goals in five of their last six matches. So basically, lo- both teams are scoring loads of goals and conceding none. So something's got to change. Is it going to be? Is it going to be nil nil? Uh, I don't know. Or is it going to be ten ten? Um, uh, do you have any kind of prediction, Ryan? Or is or is that just uh, crazy to even begin to imagine? What's uh, what's going to happen? I think it's going to be a mental game. I, I I don't know. I can't I can't necessarily predict the outcome. I just think it'll be absolute mayhem. I think it's going to be the best top of the table clash we've ever seen. Um, I think that's the two best footballing sides in Premier League history playing against each other with all the marbles on the line. And I think the big players will do big things. And I'm just, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make a prediction: four three Liverpool. Four three. Oh, four great. three. Googly moogly, that's absolutely amazing. It sent my mind spinning and turning. Uh, Doug, um, would you be so bold as to say four three or five four? What do you reckon? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I I was I was thinking of something along those lines, but actually, I I just think we'll have too much for them. I really do. I, I am very, very confident going to this game. I'm going 3-1. Wonderful stuff. 3-1. Um, I think, yeah, I think City are going to score. I think they're going to score. I actually think they're going to score two. I think Liverpool, I think Diaz is going to start and Salah's going to start. And I think they I think they're going to score at least one goal each. And I think that we're going to have I think 4-2. 4-2. I have reached. Four, into the crystal ball, into my crystal balls, and plucked out four-two uh, to 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 Liverpool. Um, this is uh, yes, it's going to be a cracker. I can't wait, uh, Mister Nice HK. Absolutely wonderful to have him in the chat. He asks, "Hi guys, can I ask if you think Gomez could be good on the wing? I presume he means, uh, um, you know, maybe in in a defensive formation, like instead of who? Please let us know. Uh, or maybe he means just on the right side. You know, if, if Trent is out, for example, I don't know, on the side of the pitch, uh, Gomez does Gomez work on the on the side of the pitch? You know, at, at right back, basically. Uh, so, Doug? oh, sorry, Ryan. Yes. Okay, so I'm just going to say no. Uh, I think I know he did really well to set up shots as goal, but. And he's got a good cross in him, but he's generally not comfortable enough on the ball in tight spaces under a lot of pressure. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought. Um, yeah. His cross. He, 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 a couple of brilliant crosses. Um, I think he can do a do a job there. Actually, I think he can. You know, I'm obviously no one's in Trentley, but I think he could. I would be happy if happy enough if if um, you know, obviously devastated if we didn't have Trent, but happy enough having Gomez as an understudy compared to anyone else we have or have had recently compared to. Um, you know the 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 Welsh guy that um, Nico Williams. So I don't know why his name escaped me for a moment. Um, but uh, yeah, what about you, Doug? I mean, how how convinced are you with Gomez on the right hand side? I think for like a couple of games, he's probably good as a as a right back, just to obviously you know coming for sort of uh, rotation and all that. But 
I don't think he's quite a wing back or anything like that. Uh, hello, Brian. Uh, by the way, I've just I've just seen that in the in the chat there. That is, is Brian. Um, no, I I honestly don't think Gomez is a wing back. So no, not for me. Yes, Mr. Nice HK has revealed himself to be Brian, and he's also asking a very important question: How is Alan's ass? Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, if Alan's in the chat, perhaps you can answer that because uh, a very important uh, question. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's all it's all going to happen. It's all going it's all going to kick off. It's the charge of the Light Brigade um, in the middle of uh, the Valley of Death. Uh, I want to thank you very much, Ryan and and Douglas for for joining me. It's been it's been more than a pleasure. It's been a delight to talk about the many. Uh, ramifications of this game or even some of the many ramifications because we've hardly even touched the surface of all the many things we could talk about um, but I can't wait the, the thing I'm most looking forward to in this match is I, I, I really think as Ryan was saying earlier that it's going to be an absolute classic and there's something I I've always just loved about great football. You know what I mean? Like, I, I honestly think, sorry, I haven't mentioned, I think City's tax, tactics bore the shit out of me. Um, you know, they're, they're really boring the way that they control games, you know, like pass, pass, pass. I call it anti-football because, you know, it's all slow like my auntie, bless her but she's not very quick these days. So it's anti-football and it's, uh, you know, and it sort of bores teams into leaving gaps and then they're brilliant at exploiting the gaps. They're a brilliant football team. I'm not saying they're not, but I just find them dull to watch. But in this game, it's going to be intense and it's going to be such quality from everyone. And I just can't wait. That's the thing I'm looking forward to most is just seeing brilliant players do brilliant things. Uh, is there anything in particular? And also Diaz. I'm really looking forward to watching Diaz. Um, and oh, forget it yet. Yeah, all of them. Trent, Virgil van Dijk, Jean Matt. I'm I, Andy Robbo, haven't mentioned him for weeks. I'm looking forward to seeing everyone in red. Um, Ryan, is there anything you're looking forward to more than uh, anything else or anything that, what's the first thing that comes into mind when you think, uh, you know, what's uh, the thing you're looking forward to most? I want to see Thiago versus the Man City midfield. Just want to see how he stacks up because they're, they're a really technically gifted side, City. Um, really good at doing really short passes really quickly uh, in little circles around you. And I think Thiago, you know, in, in another life where we're all cats, uh, would fit perfectly into the Man City midfield in a very Michael Jordan versus the best of the NBA in Space Jam. Uh, I want to see what Thiago versus the best of Man City's midfield does. And I think. There's every chance that he just runs the show. Absolutely lovely answer. Doug, what about you? What's the first thing uh, that comes into mind with something you're really looking forward to in this match? I think uh, Sal against Cancelo, again, if I'm being honest. Um, had him on toast in the first game. I think he may have him on toast in the second game. So, yeah, for me, it's Salah versus Cancelo. And, yeah, obviously that, that lovely number six in our midfield is going to be very, very important. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you so much again, guys. Uh, thanks to everyone in, in the chat. Jack Mac LFC is there. He says, great show. Thank you very much, Jack. Great to have you with us. Um, Gary Richards saying Fabinho. He's, we haven't even mentioned Fabinho, one of the best defensive midfielders um, 
easily in the world right now, but in Liverpool history, I'd say easily one of the best uh, defensive midfielders, um, one of the best defensive midfielders of all time for any club. Uh, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but uh, I think he could get there if we start, uh, you know, banging in the goals and, you know, cupboarding the trophies as we have, have uh, started doing already. Um, thank you very much, guys. Take care, everyone. Um, and uh, roll on Sunday. You'll never walk alone. Thank you very much. Uh, good luck. <laughs>